Hello, and welcome to the Uplifting Content Podcast. I'm your host and the founder of Uplifting Content, Ioni Butler. And in each episode, I'll be speaking to a special guest about a topic that matters. Enjoy the show. My guest today is someone that I, I love speaking to coaches and people that kind of get how to enrich your life and help because there's so much value that you can get from these calls. And my guest today is Amy E. Smith. Amy, thank you so much for joining me. How are you? I'm amazing. I'm excited <laughs> to hang out with you. Me too, you. Um, so first of all, uh, I love guests to um, give their own intro because um, it allows you to share whatever it is that you feel is important to share about you. It doesn't have to be just the kind of the work pitch. It could be anything you want to share about your story, how you got to where you are and what you're up to basically. So take it away. Cool. Well, uh, I am... 39 years young, and yeah. I've been working in the personal development arena for about 10 years, and I specialize in helping people truly find their voice and actually use it. So being able to give voice to the things like boundaries, like saying no, like telling your in-laws to back off a little bit with feeding your child juice that you do not want them to drink, you know, like those sort of things that we go, God, how am I going to ever speak up for myself or sort of the disparaging comment from the boss or the coworker and you kind of brush it under the rug. So I kind of teach two components. And one is, first of all, the belief that you're worthy of giving voice to those things to begin with, that your wants, opinions, and needs matter. And then the actual logistics and semantics of what does that sound like? What does mm. it sound like to ask an adult child to move out of the house, let's say, or to tell your family that you don't believe in the religion that you were raised in, or to come out of the closet, or whatever it might be. These things that we think we're responsible for that other person's response, so we... Mm. We choose their emotions and their feelings and their comforts over ours mm. habitually over mm. your lifetime, right? Mm. So that's essentially kind of what I do. And I was sharing with Ioni that I recently started kickboxing, which I absolutely love. And I love whiskey. So there's a little <laughs> bit of like some background. <laughs> that is fantastic. I love these random little tidbits. Who knew? Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's asked me to like introduce in that way before. So I'm like, yeah, I'll just tell you a little story. Yeah, why not? That's cute. I feel like I know you better. Kickboxing awesome. and whiskey. Fun girl. <laughs> um, I love what you said. Um, the topic of this chat is um, cultivating rich friendships, which we're going to get onto. But I think the what you talked about is so very relevant. I'm dealing with an issue right now where um, a local county are trying to shut down my business. And um, they sent me a cease and desist letter the other day and I was away and I got back to it and it was all very, very stressful. And I called them yesterday and they basically said that I had to shut down what I was doing and remove it. And the way they spoke to me was just very um, hostile and aggressive and, um, and, it, and it freaked me out and it really upset me. But I'm the type of person that will speak up and stand up for myself, right? And so I, I, I kind of was like, this doesn't seem right. I got some legal advice. I did a lot of research and I realized that what they're asking me, what I'm doing is completely allowed. And what they were telling me to do is completely unlawful. They've got literally no grounds to tell me to, to remove what I've, what, I've, what I've built. And it just made me think that there are so many people out there who are bullied and pushed into corners by people who are afraid to speak up and stand up. And, and I think that's why what you're doing is so important because 
a lot of the time people come in with force just to try and shut you down and freak you out when actually they've got no grounds to stand on either. It's like a poker game where they're just fronting. That's and right. so if we can empower people to, um, to find their voice, it's what is so necessary in the world right now because there is so much power in the billions of us yeah. But we are um, afraid, we're uneducated, we're isolated, and we don't realize that. So I'd love that, uh, so many offshoots from what you said that I want to know, but um, what are the key things that you um, teach people to, to, to sort of step up and, and find their voice? Well, again, that's a lot of the reason why I focus heavily on sort of the self-worth issue and, mm. you know, really, truly believing that what you have to say, your thoughts, opinions, stances actually matter. Because what we don't realize is that we develop sort of this subconscious narrative about two primary fallacies that I hear all the time. And it is, if I speak up for myself, then I'm being a bitch, mm -hmm. like I'm actually being malicious. Or mm -hmm. if I speak up for myself, I'm purposely trying to inflict pain on somebody else. And what's happening with that is we're taking all of the responsibility again for what somebody else feels and we're making it our responsibility. Mm -hmm. So one of the cornerstones of what I talk about all the time is, is a concept and it's really something I encourage people to adopt, which is this idea that you are responsible for your intention, not your reception. Yes. Oh, I love that. I speak about intention all the time. Yes. But we're not taught that, right? Like we mm. have all these like phrases for it, like don't rock the boat, don't open up a can of worms. Mm. You know, we have all these little phrases for reasons why we need to stifle our voice. So one of the pieces for me is this idea, you're responsible for your intention, not your reception. You cannot control how you were received. You can only control how you show up. And you can be incredibly assertive and forthright and graceful and kind. So it's kind of destroying yeah. or dismantling this idea that if I give voice to something, then I have to be aggressive or bitchy or mean or rude. It's like, you can, you can ask for a divorce with the most compassion and sweet kindness and love in your heart. So one of the things that I'll talk a, a, a lot about is this idea that if we are so invested in the reception, not only are we constantly postponing our happiness because we're going like, I can only be happy if this person approves of me and if this person likes me and this way, you know, so we're, are, we're always kind of chasing something externally, mm -hmm. but it just isn't possible. Like it mm -hmm. isn't possible to make these people happy and these and these and these and these. So for me, I think about, uh, gosh, right around the turn, uh, the time of the election, in 2016, I did sort of a, uh, I thought it was very, an inclusive podcast episode. And it was about the, the new presidency. And it, the message, the overall message was one of unity and let's be kind to one another. And even if we have polarized viewpoints, we can still speak to each other about that in a really kind way. And being acerbic and biting doesn't ever bridge any gaps. Mm -hmm. Well, the podcast was received a ton of different ways, right? There were some people who were going, thank God, I didn't know how I was going to deal with my in-laws over the holidays. Thank you, thank you, thank you. There were some people who were totally indifferent, like, what? Oh, I didn't even catch that episode. Like, what? I don't do politics. And then there were people who were like, you lost a follower and I can't even believe you. And I'm like, did you listen to the message though? Did you just <laughs> that I was, you know, extremely partisan because it wasn't. Mm -hmm. So in that moment, here I am, I'm getting received in a shit ton of different ways. And so my, in my inclination then is to go inward and go, okay, Amy, what was your intention? Did you do anything 
according to you, right? According to them, mm. you that you're not proud of. Do you mm. need to clean anything up? And so I kind of went back and I went and looked and I said, no, I showed up in the way that I wanted to. I am really proud of everything I put into the space. And so then it became like a release, right? Mm -hmm. like, if you're going to carry that acrimony towards me, I'm going to allow that to be yours, but I choose not to bring that into my home, you know? Mm -hmm. So just that concept of how often am I so attached to how somebody else is going to receive me can really kind of shake people up to go, shit, I really am invested so much in the opinions of others. And usually mm. it hurts in a little bit more of an acute fashion in specific areas. Like we go, shit, I'm super invested what men think about me or women mm. you know, or depending on your affinity, you know, or I'm super concerned about what my boss thinks of me or gosh, it's totally my kids or, you know, we usually have that one real kind of sharp corner that it's mm. hard to stand mm. up. Yeah. I love what you said about intention. And I think, I think that is the key to everything and being and finding that peace in, I had a situation arise when I was, was traveling and it, um, a friend had given me a fake hundred Boliviano note when I was in Bolivia, which is like $7. I'd given him a real one and he was like, Oh, have this as a joke. I'll sort you out later. And it was in my purse. I went for a dinner, accidentally paid with the fake one. Um, and then when they, I was, yeah, cause I, cause I just, cause it looked kind of the same. And then I don't speak Spanish. So then the, the people in the restaurant were really angry with me and, um, started yelling and saying, policia, policia, like whatever they were saying, I don't know. And I couldn't understand it. And also because I knew that my friend had given it to me, I wasn't like, oh my God, what is it? Cause I'd known that. So my reaction was a bit like, oh, it was kind of like awkward. And so it made me look like I was a criminal. And so I, you know, I paid, it was $7, you know, it's not like I'm, I don't need to, to scam people for $7. Um, so I sorted it out and left and like everyone in the restaurant was looking at me like I was a vile human being and I just, and I felt so awful. And I walked away from that situation and, and I, I got on a bus and I was like scared that the police were going to come after me and I was going to get arrested for like trying to scam people for seven bucks. And then um, the, the thing that brought me peace, the thing that I had to kind of be okay with myself when I sat with it was my intention was not to screw people over. Like I did not willingly give them that money because I was trying to, to deceive them and, and get a free meal. Um, and it sucks that that is the, that I couldn't explain that and that's what came about. But we have to be okay living with what was my truth. And sometimes we make mistakes and sometimes we do stupid things. Um, but it's like when you speak, I don't think there's ever anything wrong with ever speaking your truth. Um, and it's you, like you say, it's the way that you do it. It's, it's speaking kindly about something, but yeah. yeah, remembering what your intention was and remembering your truth. I think that's an incredible thing. So do you, so two questions from this, where did this come from? Do you have experience with yeah. this? And then um, what, what, what do you have like a program that is about this or do you work with people coaching? Yeah. yeah. What's the deal? Yeah, absolutely. So so many things. <laughs> uh, first of all, I grew up in an extremely religious, dogmatic, born-again Christian family. And my father had a master's in divinity, a doctorate in ministry, was traveling all over the globe, teaching pastors how to teach curriculum and teach the word of God to remote tribes who didn't even have written words. So, I mean, he was involved, right? Like, no joke. And I, my father passed actually in 07 and, mm -hmm. uh, he was, I think a really great example of what 
Christianity should be personally, Mm -hmm. um, although I don't subscribe to that any longer. But on the day of his funeral, so now mind you, I, a, a little bit of context, I have two younger brothers who both have Uh, didn't go to school, have done jail time, trouble with the law, that kind of stuff. I started working when I was 14, put myself through college, got married when I was 20, moved out, like have been really self-sufficient. But because all three of us aren't quote walking with the Lord, we've, it's almost like this massive issue for my mom in particular, right? So on the day of his service, which I have a history and makeup artistry. So I performed the mortuary makeup on my father's deceased body. Wow. And I spoke at his funeral to like 300 people. That day I get home and with my mom and we're, you know, kind of doing the after ceremony thing. and, And she's like, well, it just feels like we failed as parents. And I was like, excuse me I just my dad's dead first of all Mm -hmm. and I just did his makeup for his funeral and I spoke to all these people and you're telling me after all that I've lived my life as that I am a disappointment to you like you failed as a parent because I suck so hard right Mm -hmm. that's the you know inference that I was taking and I kind of was so taken aback and I said well that is probably not something you should say to a child Mm -hmm. and he was like, well, that's just how I feel. And I was like, okay, like, wow. And that really was the impetus that pushed me into, okay, there are some very concrete places in our life where if I choose you, I instantly choose to stifle myself, right? Mm. Like it really is you or me. A a great example of that is somebody choosing to come out of the closet or not, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. Like if they choose to acquiesce and choose what family or society would prefer, they choose them, right? Like they're choosing somebody else. They're not choosing their own well-being and their own fulfillment. So in that moment, I realized like there are going to be times that there is a definitive choice. And that does not have to mean that I'm an asshole. That doesn't have to mean that I'm out of integrity. That just means if it comes down to it and I have to decide between you or I, I pick me, I pick me. And that became sort of the fuel behind a lot of choices going forward. So at the, at the beginning of it, I was extremely combative and I wanted to fight and I wanted to be like, Oh yeah, well, let me tell you about this. And I, I wanted to be a little bit more adversarial and I think that was from a lot of angst and anger from my childhood. And then as I evolved and was doing a lot of personal development work, I realized this is what it's about. It's giving voice to the things that we do not share the same opinion about mm-hmm. and do it with the utmost kindness, right? And so mm-hmm. now we, I have had conversations verbatim with my mom where I have said, like, I don't, you know, she's like, I don't approve of that. And I'm like, well, I don't, I actually don't need you to approve with me because I mm-hmm. Mm. You know? And so if you're going to carry the burden of my soul, I'm going to allow that to be yours. Right. Mm. So it's all this guilt and like trying to, I, I always say it's almost like somebody tra- handing you a, bi- a giant pile of shit mm-hmm. when they try to guilt trip you like here, hold on to this. Would you ever really do that in real mm. life? Mm-hmm. Up all that manure? No, you'd be like, that's yours. <laughs> you like, can take it back. 
And that's exactly how I operate now. So there'll be times when, you know, she'll give me, you know, a little try to inflict some guilt around my political alliances or leanings or around the fact that I have Buddhas in my home that she finds highly offensive, you know, things like that. And I just don't buy into it. And I'm like, listen, if you're going to be in my home, I need you to be respectful. Mm. And I just simply don't tolerate it anymore. Mm. Or invites to church. I'll say, I know that that's coming from a really kind place. I actually find that really offensive. Um, I'm going to ask that you don't invite me any longer. Thank you so much. And Mm. it's kind and it's, you know, Mm. but I choose me. Mm. Like I choose me. Right. And uh, so that was, to answer your question, a huge piece in going like, no, a lot of this is understanding, one, that I'm worth it. And then two, what's the language? Like, what do I actually say? Mm. Um, And so I do have a lot of clients and students who will say like, Amy, oh my gosh, I need to tell my boss this. How do I say it with kindness? You know? Mm. Um, uh, And then to answer kind of your second question, I have a really in-depth uh, program that I, it's kind of the culmination of my entire life's work basically. And it's called deep down and dirty. And that I run as an individual one-on-one program. Mm-hmm. And I take very few of those. And then I run it twice as a group program once a, or twice a year rather. And so the group version of deep down and dirty is coming up in July actually. And that really is about unpacking all of the shit that doesn't work. The beliefs that uh, you're not enough uh, your relationship to fear. And then we move into the identity that you want to encapsulate and who do you want to be in this world? And then finally we look at how does that relate to other people, right? Like how does that, how do you then talk to your children or your in-laws or your spouse or your boss, or, you know, how does that inform your relationship with the world in Mm. a way that is in alignment? Like the outside and the inside is in alignment. Yeah. So important. Thank you. Thank you for yeah. doing that. People really need it. Um, <laughs> so we can definitely, we can definitely go back to this, but um, the topic of this chat we chose, well, I chose was um, how to cultivate rich friendships. And I'd love to, to have a discussion about this because there's one um, sort of avid uplifting content supporter um, who often reaches out to me about this. He's, he's in a, in a, um, in a country where he feels like people aren't really, you know, he's, he's, he's very loving and giving and generous and caring and wants to make a difference and help. And he just feels like he's in a society that isn't really that and is struggling to make yeah. friendships. Um, you know, I've moved to a different country, so I have experience about, you know, creating a whole new life for myself. And I met a woman yesterday who uh, she, she, she opened up at this event in the most beautiful, honest, authentic way. Um, her mom passed away. Her dad has got Alzheimer's and is kind of going. And she's, she's been in L.A. for a year and doesn't really have um, a solid network. Um, and so, yeah, I'd love to just hear your thoughts on how people can, can, can find friendships, meaningful friendships. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I had an experience with this probably a good 10 plus years ago now where I was kind of in a similar situation to what you were talking about with the follower or the listener, where I kind of was looking around and going, here's a void in my life and here's what I would like to manifest. And at the time, the group of friends that I had were getting involved in things that I really didn't want to get involved with, like some coke and drug scene and stuff. And I was like, ah, peace. I'm not, I'm not up for that. And I also really wanted people in my life who called me on my shit and who called me forth. I didn't want to be the coach or like kind of the therapist talking head in all of my relationships. I needed somebody 
who could reciprocate. So that's the first piece is the actual declaration of what you want and being extremely explicit. And this is something that's kind of like manifest manifestation 101, right? So in, in deep down and dirty, we actually spend an entire week on this, but I would advocate to anybody listening, get this out on paper. And I actually have, I think I've done a podcast or two on it mm. uh, of how to actually manifest really rich friendships. But if you can get out on paper, like here are all of the qualities, here are all the things that I would want in a friendship, right? And get as clear as possible. Like we would have the same ethnic background. We would have diverse backgrounds. We would both have children. We would not have children. They would be into theater arts. They would be into, you know, going to swap meets or whatever. Like list out all of the qualities and then sort of also their characteristics, right? Compassionate, mm -hmm. kind of, whatever, whatever, whatever everything you can possibly think of. And then you get into inspired action. You start to do something about it. So the idea behind this is that you, we naturally want to like tidy things up, right? We want to go, we want to see the how we want to go. Okay. If I join this new gym, that's where I'm going to meet new friends. Or if I become a part of this hiking club, that's where I'm going to meet new friends. It's okay. If you have inspired ideas, but it's about letting go of the attachment of, I have to manifest a friend in this specific arena. So I did this many years ago and I kind of said, here's what I want. I want to attract into my world like-minded friendships. And I wrote out a lot of the qualities and characteristics that I would like and what we would do together, what we would have in common, how we would support one another, all of those things. And then I started thinking, what can I do, right? So it's really easy, like your listener was talking about, to get caught up in the shit we can't do, right? Like, oh, well, my society does this, or we're not allowed to do this, or there's no opportunities here. And then we start noticing where there's no opportunities. We totally. continue to yeah. gather evidence to support that story. Mm -hmm. So instead of what you can't do, let's look at what you can do. What are your options? And put together a huge brainstorming list of here are all the things that I can do to actually get into action. So I did this exact thing. I thought, okay, I'm gonna actually join a gym. Uh, I'm gonna go introduce myself to some neighbors. I am going to take a, you know, go to a spiritual center that it was really in, uh, interesting to me at the time. Coincidentally, no friendships magically materialized out of the efforts I thought would yield or, you know, that I could see the how. But at that time, I went back through uh, a coaching program as an assistant and ended up meeting. The other assistant was my very best friend. And now we do all, she became my very best friend and we do all sorts of business together. And she lives in North Carolina here and we get to connect now on the regular and my mom ran into somebody back in my hometown and got us reconnected. I ended up cultivating a bunch of friendships at my current work environment that I hadn't even seen before. So all of these present these kind of gifts from the universe were presented to me and it was not from the inspired action that I thought would yield the result, but it was that I was doing things that actually seemed like fun to mm -hmm. me gym or going to meet the new neighbors or whatever was was really exciting and that's mm. the point whatever you do to get into action has to be something that you would want to do whether or not it yielded a friendship or not mm. and you have to be willing to be vulnerable and to receive 
So if somebody invites you out, yeah. you know, and you can't make it, say something like, oh my gosh, I, just, I can't make it this time, but please don't stop inviting me. Mm. Because sometimes, or, you know, if we're just like, oh, I can't make it, they're like, okay, she never wants to hang out. Right. And I, I always feel like too, when you meet people and it's like, oh, we should hang out sometime. Uh-huh. Get something in the diary. Don't make that yes. just a passing comment that you say. You know, what I learned from moving to LA was building friendships takes like real, real good friendship takes effort. And I meet beautiful people that I connect with and I'm like, they're a great person. I want to spend more time with them. But it takes the work of just like, hey, what are you doing? Want to go for a coffee? Or I've got this event. Do you want to yes. come? Or like, what's going on with you? Checking in and seeing how people are. You know, it, you, you have to sort of put the work in on, in that aspect. And I also really wanted to touch on what you said about that the friendships didn't come from the inspired action. They came from the other things. And I feel like in those situations, when you are, um, when it's all about the inspired action and you're trying to make the friends, you're coming from a place of lack. I don't have the friends and you're perpetuating that lack of, I don't have the friends. And so, yes, I think it's great to come up with ideas. Where are people going to be that I want to connect with? And I give myself little challenges of like, um, I have a couple of little challenges, which is just sort of saying hello to everybody, just like smiling and saying hi to people. And then when I'm talking to people, making my, intention to leave them feeling better than when I left them and so I give myself these little games so it's not necessarily about I need the friends um but like let me let me just do that and see what comes of it um and then it's usually you know interacting with beautiful humans um and that's fun for you like that no matter what happened that would still be a rich day for you a way to Mm. spend time So if you're thinking like, oh, I could go to this conference, but I want to pull my teeth out thinking about going, that's not your inspired action. (laughs) It has to be, you know, and, and given all we know is lists and, you know, the how Mm -hmm. it's about the attachment to the how, like you said, like Mm. if we have this idea that I could join this gym or this hiking club or this book club or whatever, and that sounds really amazing to you, that's awesome, but don't have the death grip on the outcome. It's about Mm. the experience. And that's really what you're talking about is have the rich experience regardless of what happens at the end. And that's an element of faith, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. And like you said, I'm I'm currently reading Ask and It Is Given again, which is uh a book about putting stuff out there and and that's it. You ask and then you just sort of just let it, just trust that that's going to, you're going to get what you asked for. So without kind of fixating, it changes that intention. Amy, this has been really fun. I want to ask one more question, which I think I'm going to start asking at the end of all podcasts, which is um, what is the key, what for you is the one thing, um, like your, your key message, the one thing that you sort of, your mantra to live life by, or the one thing that kind of keeps going back to you, like a message that you'd love to share with people that is really um, relevant for you. Hmm. Oh my gosh. Um, And you can take a moment. There's so many. I know, right? (laughs) Or maybe Um, just reel off some and then you'll you'll hear the one that resonates the most. One I say all the time is, uh, do not allow your silence to make you a liar. Mm. Can you explain that a bit? Yeah, that is, and that I live by every day. Mm -hmm. That is, uh, that came out of a situation where somebody showed me a meme on their phone that was really disparaging to uh, handicapped children. Mm. And it was making fun. And I, so I, in that moment, it was presented to me like, ha ha, isn't this funny? 
And in that moment, I could have taken the easy road and just been like, ha ha. <laughs> and my silence would make me a totally, total fucking liar. Mm-hmm. So I knew in that moment, like, I don't need to be combative. I don't need to get into a whole conversation about why I find that offensive. I just need to speak up that it is. And I said, you know what? I actually don't find that funny. I actually find that pretty offensive. Please don't show me that stuff in the future. And mm. then I walked away. Mm. That really made me realize that if somebody is coming up to me or if I'm in a, a circle of friends where something is going on where by me not being vocal, I'm assuming that I agree or other people would assume that I yeah. fall in that. That doesn't feel right to me. And I've on many occasions spoken up when other people really didn't give two shits at all. It was about my own integrity. Mm-hmm. So don't let your silence make you a liar. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I always, I do talk about speak up for yourself, but do so with grace and kindness. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it. It, People know G and K, G and K, G and K. Like speak up for yourself with grace and kindness. Like you don't mm-hmm. have to be biting. You can really be lovely. Uh, you are responsible for your intention, not your reception is also a huge one. Mm -hmm. Um, Another one that I talk about all the time, which there's actually a whole metaphor sort of analogy around the pile of shit thing. (laughs) So there's a lot of people in my community who will say, oh, you know, I'm not, I'm currently not accepting any piles of shit, you know, and it's kind of like, I'm not taking on your issues. I'm not taking around guilt trips, essentially. Right, right. Uh, So there must be recovery. They're fantastic. That must be so hilarious when someone presents me. I'm sorry. I'm I'm just not taking on shit right now. No, um, not. yeah. Sorry. Good luck with that. You know. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I want to do that. That sounds hilarious. Um, this has been wonderful. Thank you so so much for your time um, and for being flexible. Where can people find out more about you? Uh, just over at thejoyjunkie.com. Junkie is J-U-N-K-I-E. And that's kind of the hub of everything that I do. You can find out about the Deep Down and Dirty program over there. There's a bunch of free stuff, free podcasts I do every week. So, yeah. And I hang out on Instagram primarily. It's kind of my medium. That's good. It's good to have one. I feel like I need to start narrowing down because it's just too many and it's a bit too overwhelming. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I will be back on Thursday for an interview with um, Jennifer Schwab, who is the founder of Entity Magazine that I'm speaking at their event next week. So I will see you then, guys. Um, But Amy, this has been beautiful. Thanks again. (laughs) Bye. Thank you for listening to the Uplifting Content Podcast with me, Ioni Butler. I record these episodes live on the Uplifting Content Facebook page every Tuesday and Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific. So if you want to be part of the conversation, join our Facebook Live to share your thoughts and questions. Make sure that you're subscribed so that you get updated with the latest episodes twice a week, every Tuesday and Thursday. And if you enjoy the podcast, please leave a review on iTunes. It really helps us to reach more people and more listeners. So once you've done a review, email us a screenshot of your review to info at upliftingcontent.com and we will send you a special gift to say thank you. Lastly... The only way that you'll ever get notified from me is if you sign up for my weekly-ish email, which will have information about all our giveaways, what I'm up to, who's coming up on the interviews, just all the good stuff that you don't want to miss. So that's it. We'll have links to all that information in the show notes, and I look forward to hearing from you and seeing you on the lives perhaps soon. Bye.